0: to work with Clayton this past two months I have a question for you this morning and if the answer is yes you answer by saying amen but don't give them those amens that seem that you have no hope Give them those amens with confidence okay here's the question do you like to study the Bible okay I came here to study the Bible with you this morning I remember one time I was in the mission field translating a sermon to an old preacher and in the middle of the sermon he had a technical problem and he had to stop for about five minutes and this old preacher looked at me and says young man, you have to preach this message people are not preaching this message anymore they need to understand about the 144,000 Today we are going to study about this topic, the 144,000. Let us pray to begin. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you one more time to ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The first time we see the 144,000 in the Bible is in the book of Revelation, chapter 7. If you would please turn there with me to Revelation, chapter 7 not that the Bible doesn't talk about this group before but it is the first time that the Bible mentioned the number of this group in Revelation chapter 7 and as I was taking a look at this vision I noticed one thing that the vision of the 144,000 is given right after the sixth seal I want you to remember that the vision is right after the sixth seal and before the seventh seal, and I start wonder why God could have given the seven seals vision first, and then give the vision of the 144,000, right? But for some reason, right after the sixth seal, He gives the vision of the 144,000 and I found out why. If we understand the, the sixth seal this morning, it will help us to understand about the 144,000. Are you with me? So that's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna study a little bit about the sixth seal to understand about the 144,000. Revelation chapter 6, if you go one chapter before the vision of the 144,000, Revelation chapter 6 and beginning in verse 12, the Bible says, And I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, 13, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as fig trees casted her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Let's stop right here, right now. What is he talking about, the earthquake over here? Which year was that? 1755, the Lisma earthquake. The reason why I mentioned the time over here, I want you to see the progression. Where the sixth seal is taking us? It's taking us to the last days. How about the sun became dark? It's, called, it's known as the dark day. 1780. And in the same night, the moon became red as blood. How about the stars? Somebody gave already the date for the stars here. 1833. Can you see that the sixth seal is taking us to the last days? There is a progression over here, but I want you to know one thing. Whenever God sends signs in the sun, moon, and stars, He wants to give a message for you and I. Every time we see in the Bible sun, moon, and stars, there is a specific message that the Lord is trying to give to His people. And let's see, I just want to give you an example. For example, in the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 13. If you'll please turn there with me to Isaiah chapter 13. And we are going to begin in verse 9. Isaiah chapter 13, beginning in verse 9, it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath, And first anger to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy who the sinners thereof out of it verse 10 for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light the Sun shall be darkened in his going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine verse 11 and I will punish the world for their their what evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogance of the proud to cease, and will lay low the hotness of the terrible." So can you see here from the Bible when we saw signs in the sun, moon, and stars, there was destruction of who? The wicked. Another example in Ezekiel, if you go the third book after Isaiah, Ezekiel chapter 32. And beginning in verse 9, excuse me, verse 7. Ezekiel chapter 32 and verse 7, we will see the same picture. Signs in the moons, and the sun and the stars. It says, and when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon shall not give her light. Verse 8, all the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord God. I will also vex the hearts of many people when I shall bring thy, what is the next word? Destruction. Destruction. Do you see, every time you see in the Bible, I could give more examples. When we see signs in the sun, moon and star, there is destruction of the wicked. Now you tell me, what do you expect to see in the sixth seal in Revelation? We already saw signs of the sun, moon, and star. What is coming next? Destruction of the wicked. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 6 over there. In Revelation chapter 6, and let's see if our interpretation is correct. In Revelation chapter 6, we already covered verse 12. We saw the earthquake, the sun, and the, and, and the moon. Verse 13, the stars of heaven. Verse 14 now and they have departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bound man and every free man, what is the next word there, what did they do? hid themselves in the Danes and in the rocks of the mountains and now verse 16 and said to the mountains and the rocks Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb." Who is the Lamb here? Jesus Christ is describing the second coming of Jesus. These people, they are hiding from the presence of Jesus, and now come the question in verse 17. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to withstand? Do you see the wicked? What, what are they doing here? At the second coming of Jesus? hiding why are they hiding because they are not able to stand why are they not able to stand because of there's do you remember any other story in the Bible where you saw men hiding from the presence of God in the garden right and why did they hide because of their sins. And how many sins did they have at that point? One sin. It tells me, my friends, if we have one sin at the second coming of Jesus, we will hide from the presence of Jesus. We will not be able to stand at that day. Are you with me? We must learn what it means to overcome sin. And you have to, to understand the Apostle John over here as he's receiving this vision. He asked a question over here. For the great day of His wrath is coming, who shall be able to stand? You have to see that in chapter 3 of Revelation, he received the vision of the seven churches, beginning in chapter 2, excuse me, all the way to chapter 3. And he saw church being triumphing. He saw church being persecuted. He saw church in apostasy. He saw church having brotherly love. And finally, he saw the last church. What is the name of the last church? Laodicea represented a Christian in the last days, and he saw the church in what condition? Wretched, blind, naked, and then the vision was cut. He did not see the church triumphing, the vision was cut. In chapter 4, he's wondering what happened with the Church of God. In chapter 5, he saw a book written inside and outside. And then somebody came to him, nobody was worthy to open the book, and he started crying. What happened with the Church of God? Now in chapter 6, he received the vision of the second coming of Jesus, and he see the condition of the world that they are hiding from the presence of Jesus. And he's overwhelmed, because he did not know what happened with the Church, and he asked a question. Who shall be able to withstand? And out of mercy for, for John, God gives another vision to answer this question. The vision in chapter 7 where you find the 144,000. God is telling John, John, they are the ones that will be able to stand. They are the ones that will overcome sin. They are the ones that will be ready for the second coming of Jesus. Amen? Amen? But I want you to notice this question very carefully. For the the great great day day of, what is the next next word word there? there? For the the great great day day of His wrath is come, and who shall shall be able to to stand? (laughs) Yes, Yes, that that day day is is the the second coming of Jesus. Jesus. But, But, if we are good Bible students, we should know a little bit more about that day. Let's turn to the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah is considered a small prophet, one of the... The latter Prophets of the Old Testament. A very small book, but very powerful. Zephaniah chapter 1. And we will learn a little bit more about the day of wrath. Zephaniah chapter 1 and beginning in verse 14. Notice the language. For the great day of the Lord is near. Are we talking about the same day over here? Yes, we are. Over there said, the great day of His wrath, for the great day of the Lord is near. Now verse 15. That day is a day of, what is the next word? Wrath. A day of trouble. Did you catch that, my friends? The Bible just said that the day of wrath is equal to the day of trouble. Are you with me? Therefore, the question is, who? shall be able to stand in the time of trouble. But when does the time of trouble begin, Church? Let's go to the prophet Daniel and chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 will help us to understand when the time of trouble will begin. Daniel chapter 12 and in verse 1 the Bible says Are you there? Amen. Amen. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 says, And at that time shall Michael do what? Stand up. Who is Michael? Jesus, right? Continuing. The great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. So tell me from this verse, when will the time of trouble begin? when Michael is standing up. Wait a minute preacher, some of you are thinking, it doesn't say anything to me, Michael is standing up and then the time of trouble begins. What does it mean? So in order for us to understand what it means Michael is standing up, we have to understand what is he doing right now. One thing I know, if he will stand up, it means that he was what? Sitting. Right? Let's go with that in mind, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8, the book of Hebrews and beginning in chapter 8. We have to be really quick this morning so we can move fast. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1 the Bible says, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the Son. We have such a high priest, we know it's Jesus Christ, who is what is the next word set on the what side Right. right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens so one thing we know so far that Jesus went to the heavenly sanctuary and he sat not on the left but on the right side of the throne of God and what is he doing there sitting on the right hand of God come with me to the book of Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 you told me you like to study the Bible. Do you still like to study the Bible? Yeah. Okay, Romans chapter 8. And verse 34, we will see what Jesus is doing in the right hand of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes." What is the next word? Intercession Intercession for us. Well, what is Jesus doing in the right hand of God? Interceding. In other words, if we have sin in our lives, now is the time to come and obtain forgiveness because he's sitting in the right hand of God in the heavenly sanctuary, interceding for us. If we need power to overcome sin, now is the time to come to Jesus because Michael has not standing up yet. Amen? But when Michael stands up, probation is closed. No more intersection, no more forgiveness of sin. And the question is, when probation is closed, who shall be able to withstand? Do you understand the question? It's a very serious question that has to lead us to search our hearts and to humble ourselves before our God continue to study the day of wrath come with me to the book of Revelation chapter 15 Revelation chapter 15 still talking about that great day and verse 1 it says and I saw another sign in heaven great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last what Plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. So let's put all together, people, friends. The Bible says, For the great day of his wrath is coming, who shall be able to stand when probation is closed and the seven last plagues start falling upon the wicked? And Jesus come for the second time after the seven last plagues. And who shall be able to stand in the presence of a holy God? Do you understand the question now that John is asking over here? But we know the answer. Who shall be able to stand? In chapter 7, let's go there to Revelation chapter 7, about the 144,000. They are the ones that will stand. And talking about them, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 1, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Let stop, let's stop over here. What is the four corners of the earth? Very good. north, east, south, west. So there are four angels standing there. And what are they doing? Holding the four winds of the earth. So, what is the winds representing Bible prophecy? Shrive. Desolation. Right? So if these angels are holding not one, not two, but the four winds of the earth, what kind of destruction is that? They are holding the winds of north, south, west, and east. What kind of destruction? Worldwide. destruction. So these angels are holding the four winds of heaven. And continuing the verse, that the, the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor in any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the what? The seal of the living God, not the dead God, but the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads." And the vision continued to say that the servants of our God is the 144,000. Let's put the vision all together. Here it is four angels holding the four winds of the earth. And they are about to let the winds go. And then another angel comes from heaven and said, Listen, no, don't do it. Don't let the winds go. Don't close probation because the servants of our God are not sealed yet. They need to be sealed in order to be able to go through the time of trouble. Do you remember in Egypt, the tenth plague that came upon Egypt? When the plagues were falling, only those that had the blood, the sign on their door, the doorposts, What happened with those? The angels did what? Passover. They were protected from the plague. So the same thing over here. The plagues are about to fall and the angel said don't do it. The servants of our God are not sealed yet. They need to be sealed in order to go through the time of trouble. So if the servants of our God need to be sealed to go through the time of trouble the question is What is the seal of the living God? Do you want the seal of the living God? So we have to know what is the seal, right? So let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Um, Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 over here is not talking about the seal of the living God, but there is a principle that I want you to learn over here. It will show that the word seal and sign are, listen very carefully, are interchangeable, okay? The word sign and seal are interchangeable, Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, the Bible says, and he received, what is the next word? The sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness. Did you see here that the sign is a seal? So, whenever you see in the Bible the word sign and seal, know that they are interchangeable. It doesn't matter whether you say the sign of the living God or the seal of the living God, it doesn't matter. So, with that in mind, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20, before the book of Daniel. And we are going to begin in verse 12. Ezekiel chapter 20. And verse 12, the Bible says, Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbath. To be a can I say seal? Yes, I can. Between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them. So according to the Bible, what is the seal of the living God? The Sabbath. But if that is all we know about this seal, it's not enough, my friends. Take a look on Isaiah chapter 8. Very quick. Isaiah chapter 8. So we know that the 144,000, they will keep the Sabbath holy. But the Bible also says in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 16, look what it says, Bind that the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. Do you see over here that the seal is the whole law, not only the Sabbath, but the whole law. And look what it says in Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14. That's another vision about the 144,000. And verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, hundred forty and 4, 000, having in his having his Father's name written in their forehead. Wait a minute. In chapter 7 it said that they have the seal of the living God in their forehead, right? But in chapter 14 it said that they have the Father's name in their forehead. It seems to be a contradiction, but there is no contradiction in the Bible, amen? So let's understand about the seal of the living God. First of all, what is the name of the Father? I like this answer, his character. Jehovah is the name in the Old Testament to refer to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. But let's go to Romans chapter 8. You can keep your... No, no, let's go to Romans chapter 8 really quick. Romans chapter 8. And let's read verse 15. Let's see what is the name of the Father. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. Do you remember what Je- how Jesus called the Father at the cross? Abba. So let's put it all together. If we have the Father's name written in our forehead, we keep the Sabbath. Do you see right in the middle of the Sabbath the word Abba? And the same thing in the original language. And the Bible says if we keep the whole law, according to James chapter 2 and verse 10, if we keep the whole law and transgress just in one, we are guilty of how many? All. All. In other words, in order for me to keep the Sabbath holy I need to keep the whole law. I cannot keep the Sabbath holy an- angry with my wife. I cannot keep the Sabbath holy lying on the Sabbath, can I? Can I keep the Sabbath holy and committing adultery? Can I keep the Sabbath holy and have a- Idols, to worship, so in order to keep the Sabbath holy, we need to keep the whole law. That's why the Sabbath becomes a sign of sanctification between you and your God. It's a sign that if you keep the whole law, uh, excuse me, if you keep the Sabbath holy, you have to keep it from sundown all the way to sundown. 24 hours, right? Without sin. So the Sabbath becomes a sign that you can overcome your sins. That you can stay 24 hours without sin. And if you can stay 24 hours without sin in the Sabbath, you can on the Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. So, and the Bible says that the fulfilling of the law is what? Church, I just heard... The Bible workers. Only the Bible workers know the Bible? Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, talking about the fulfilling of the law, and verse 10, the Bible says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Well, putting it all together now. So if you have the Father's name written on your forehead, you keep the Sabbath holy. If you keep the Sabbath holy, you keep the whole law. If you keep the whole law, you know what it means? Love. And as far as I know, who is love in the Bible? He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In other words, the 144,000, they have the character of God. That's why they have the Father's name in their forehead. We know that the name in the Bible, name in the Bible symbolized character. So do you see that Jacob, he was a, how do you say, supplanter, right? And now when he overcame his sins through prayer, wrestling, re, wrestling with the Lord in prayer, his name became? Israel, Israel overcomer. His name changed because his character change it. So to have the Father's name in your forehead, it means you have the character of God. You represent God on earth. Do you remember anyone that represented God on earth? Jesus. To have the seal of the living God means to have the life that Jesus lived on this earth. How did Jesus live on this earth? unselfish life, willing to serve others. He not only lived for others but he gave his life for others. When people spit on his face, what did he do? Spit back? Why not? Because he he knew what it means, love. When people put a nails on his hand, what did he do? When people were cursing him and mocking him, he was trying to find something to say about these people. He didn't want to condemn them. He said, what can I say now? What can I say with these people mocking me and hanging him on the cross? I know what to say. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They are ignorant. That's why they are sinning against me he was trying to find a reason but it's time to grow up my friends in the measure of Jesus it's time for us to learn what it means true love it's time for us to learn what it means true righteousness which is clearly revealed on the life of Jesus through the Word of God amen And we know that the Father's name is written in their forehead, right? How does God write in the Bible? Do you remember the first time God wrote in the Bible? He showed a a picture of God writing. How did he write? With his finger, right? He, He wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger. So one thing I know, if God will write his character in you, he will write with his finger so what is the finger of God in the Bible come with me to the book of Luke Luke chapter 11 Luke chapter 11 and verse 20 and I want you to try to to keep in the back of your memory this verse okay because we are going to link this verse with another verse to understand the finger of god luke chapter 11 verse 20 the bible says but if i with the what the finger, the finger of god cast out devils no doubt that the kingdom of god is come upon you remember this picture that jesus is saying he casts out devils with the finger of god so now with that in mind come to the book of matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. The Bible says, but if I cast out devils. Are we talking about the same scenario here? Yes, we are. But if I cast devils. Our devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Now putting these two verses together, what is the finger of God? The spirit of God. Now we can understand the new covenant. Hebrews chapter ten. Come with me to Hebrews chapter ten. Oh, that's what I like. Give me the Bible. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter ten and understand the new covenant that the Holy Spirit. Is talking about here in Hebrews chapter 10 and beginning verse 15. Notice who is speaking over here. Wherefore the what? The Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that, he what is the next word? He had said before. I just want to open a parenthesis over here, really quick. So if the Holy Spirit He spoke. It tells me that he has what? A mouth, right? And as far as I know, words are the combination of thoughts and feelings. Therefore, he has a, a mind. So so you know, if anybody comes to you with this teaching that the Holy Spirit is not God, you know, just take them to Hebrew and say, so how come he speaks? So continue on the verse. Verse 16. Look what he spoke. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. It's not like that. You have to obtain character perfection. And try your own. That's not the way it is. It's that I will give you the Holy Spirit to write my law in your heart and your mind. Do you ask the Holy Spirit to write his law in your heart? Amen? Amen? Do you ask every day? The Bible says that God is more willing to give us the Holy Spirit for them that ask than parents to give good gifts to their children. Are you asking for the Holy Spirit this morning? Every day, daily surrendering your life, your will to God. Asking him to take you, to guide you into all truth. And to write the law in your heart amen just want to deal with something over here really quick have you ever heard that question is uh, the 144,000 literal or symbolic have you ever heard this question let's see what the Bible says you don't want my opinion do you amen praise the Lord let's see what the Bible says about that I'll give you a little principle of Bible interpretation. Let's start with the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 7, we see, for example, the third beast had four heads, right? The leopard. Tell me. The four heads represent what? Four kingdoms, right? The four generals that 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 was divided from Greece, right? So the four was literal and the heads was what? The heads represent what? The generals, right? The heads were symbolic. Take for example the ten horns that came out of that terrible beast. The ten horns are what? Ten kingdoms. The ten are literal, the horns are what? Symbolic. Take for example the 2300 days the 2300 are literal the days are what symbolic we know that a day is a year in bible prophecy take for example in revelation chapter 1 the seven candlesticks the seven are what literal the candlesticks are what symbolic the church representing the seven church now when we see 144,000. From all the tribes of Israel, what is literal and what is symbolic? The 144,000 is what? Literal. And the children of Israel are? Symbolic. They are not literal Jews that will compose the 144,000. I'm not saying that Jews have no chance to be there, but that's not the focus of the prophecy. So what it means, the children of Israel? Come with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and the last two verses the Bible says for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly neither is that a circumcision which is outward in the flesh 29 but he is a Jew which is one what inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter." Whose praise is not of man but of God. So, who is the Jew here? The one that is outwardly? No. The Jew is the one that are circumcised in the heart. Come with me to Galatians chapter 3. We will see the same picture over there. It doesn't say children of Israel or Jew, but says Abraham's seed, which is the same thing. In Galatians chapter 3 and beginning in verse. 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bound nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the Bible is saying that if you accept Jesus by faith and be converted in your heart, you are Abraham's seed. You are the children of Israel. Not the literal children of Israel, but it's spiritual children of Israel. So there will be, in the last days, I'm not talking about the sage from the time of Adam. No, the context is clear. It's talking about the sick, see who shall be able to withstand when probation calls seven less plagues start falling and Jesus appeared in heaven who are they the 144,000 converted in the heart by faith in Jesus amen? amen all of us that lay hold the righteousness of Jesus by faith we can attain the perfection of character the Bible says I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is who can finish I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. My friends, I'm preaching to you the power of God unto salvation. I'm preaching to you that there is power to overcome every inherited tendency to evil, every cultivated tendency to evil, whatever you have done in your life. It doesn't matter if it is stealing, If it is lying, you have habitual sin in your life that you can't stop. If it is alcohol, if it is pornography, whatever it is, there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He invites you to forgive you. He invites you to change your lives. Come to him. Don't look to your unworthiness. Don't look who you are right now. Stop looking for you and look to Jesus and live. Amen? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 7. You know sometimes people tell me it can't be 144,000 literal." It's so little people. I'll tell you my friends I don't think so. I don't think it's so little people. Do you remember in the time of Noah how many people were, were ready? eight right how about in the time of Elijah he said Lord I'm by myself and then God told him how many were ready 7,000 have not yet bowed their knees to Baal how about in the time of Jesus how many were ready to wait for Jesus not many right the same thing my friends in the last days not many people will be ready and there is a reason why. Some people think if you are not part of the 144,000, you can be saved. That's not true. That's not what I'm preaching here. There are reasons why this number is so small. Reason number one, there will be a shaking in the church. Perhaps some other time I will preach about that. There will be a shaking in the church. People will not endure to hear the straight testimony. One side, they want to they wanna the, hear the message. sin and leave. I mean, I'm not going to preach this message to you. In the other side, they want to leave a message, preach standards, preach standards, and they want to grab to these standards to appear holy, because the carnal flesh wants to, to appear, wants to be seen. See how holy I am? I'm not going to preach this gospel to you either. But the righteousness by faith which is attained, the righteousness of Jesus which is attained by faith. Reason number two, Look what it says in in Revelation chapter 5, excuse me, go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, and we are going to take a look on the fifth seal, the seal before the sixth seal, and beginning in verse 9. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Excuse me, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, and when he had opened the which seal, the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for what, for the word of God. They were martyrs, and for the testimony which they held. In other words, they had the word of God, and they bear, and they bore testimony. They have a a changed life. Verse ten, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, do thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. Let's put it all together here. Here we have this group of people in the dark age, before the sixth seal, that they died because of the word of God and their testimonies. We know that they died under the persecution of the papacy, the union of church and state. They were persecuted 1260 years and every time they are crying out how long God how long will you not judge and avenge our blood and then the answer comes in the next verse chapter 6 and verse 11 and white robes were given unto every one of them we know this is talking about 1844 it overlaps the sixth seal the fifth seal continuing And it was said unto them that they should rest, in other words, remain in the grave, yet for a little season, until, I want you to notice this phrase now, until their fellow servants also and their brethren, that should be, should be what, church? Killed as they were, should be fulfilled. In other words, the Lord is telling them, wait a minute, I will avenge your blood, but there is another group of people in the future that will be killed just as you were. How, do, how were they killed? Under the union of church and state. For the word of God, they refused to break God's law, although the, 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 the law of the land was telling them not to. So. There is another group that will be marchers. All my friends, I see this crisis coming to the United States. They can barely pay the, the, their they're, they're, how do you say, um, not the debt but the usury. The interest. How, why we, let's try a team effort over here. How about uh, overtime work? How about increasing tax? It's not working. You know what? We have to have a common day to rest. How about that? And people don't want to work all the time so let's What is a common day for you? How about for you? It's Sunday, right? So why don't we keep Sunday? It's a day for rest. But it's not working. The country continues corrupt. The country continues with debt, immorality everywhere. You know what? We need God. We already, we already, you know, we don't work on Sunday. Why don't we go to church on Sunday? And the laws start progressing, until we will affect you and I, those that want to keep the law of God. And the Bible said that there is another group of people that will die as martyrs. Another reason why so little number will remain in the last days. Are you with me? So we have the shaking, which includes winds of doctrine, which includes a straight testimony, and now we have persecution death decree will be pronounced against those that want to remain loyal to God reason another reason inspiration tells us that the Lord will not allow children that cannot endure the time of trouble to go through through his mercy he will allow them to go to rest and then it finish with admonition to us be of good good, um, courage you will see them again you will see them again another reason sickly people that we have been praying for years they can if they are faithful they cannot endure to go through the time of trouble through the mercy of God although they will be saved they will be saved because they have faith in Jesus they are surrendered their lives daily it says that they will through the mercy of God be put to sleep amen Elderly people. Let's face it. Let's have faith in Jesus. I am the resurrection, the life and the resurrection. They cannot endure to go through the time of trouble. It's a serious time that will come, my friends. It's time to look for Jesus. What do you say? It's time to give our life completely to Him, step by step, trusting in Him not looking to yourself but looking to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith whatever the the Holy Spirit has convicted to you this morning to put aside of your life whatever it is that is hindering you from giving your life to him give up trust in him I just wanna finish this sermon with this this thought over here in Revelation chapter 7 Revelation chapter 7 and in verse 4 we saw that the number that was sealed was 144,000 and then in verse 5 says of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000 and start to describe all the tribes but if you compare the tribes here in chapter 7 of Revelation with the tribes in chapter 1 of numbers you will see that two tribes were left out they were substituted by the sons of Joseph and I want to know why they were left out because I don't want to be left out you see we're not talking about literal tribes of, of, of Israel over here we are talking about spiritual tribes I want to know what kept these people out of that number let's go to Genesis Genesis chapter Forty-nine. Starting with the tribe of Dan, that was left out. Why did Dan remain out of this group? Genesis chapter forty-nine and verse seventeen. The Bible says, "Them shall be a serpent by the way and adder in the path that what is the next word bites the horse heels." so that his riders shall fall backward. So what is he talking about? What is the problem we've done over here? Backbite, right? Let's put it in today's language. Gossip. How about evil speaking? Evil speaking. Evil thoughts, evil speaking is results of evil thoughts. Look to Jesus when he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. How about Ephraim? God said leave them alone. Leave them alone because they are given to idolatry. The idolatry of today is a nice bank account full of money there to take us into the future because we do not trust that the Lord can provide for us. That's why we work 12 hours a day, 10 hours a day, and we have no time for devotion, for the family, for outreach because of idolatry. give up, give to Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen? My friends, serious times are coming but you know what? Our God is greater than all these things that will come. Everyone that lay his faith on Jesus will be saved. Everyone that trusts in him and daily grow until it attain the full measure of Christ will be saved. May God bless you. Whatever trial you're going through, whatever blessing you're going through, remember that Michael has not standing up yet. He's still interceding for you and I. God bless you.